Management Research. Hello and welcome to the Management Research Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Eugene Bogdistov. Hello and welcome to the next episode in our mini-series on heuristics. And in our last episode, we talked about the approach by Karaman and Tversky and their followers that is called heuristics as biases. And this approach shows that system one thinking is a kind of biasing way of thinking and system two thinking is superior and we have to use more often system two thinking and we have to be aware of our system one thinking in order to make fewer mistakes. The opposite approach is the one that heuristics are absolutely necessary mechanism, evolutionary mechanism, and I am also supporter of this approach. And the big proponent of this approach is Gerd Gikarenze. And uh, Gerd Gikarenze analyzed the experiments that Karman Tversky and the followers did. And he showed that actually there was some manipulation in these experiments, because we cannot assume that people will process statistically all the information because First of all, we may not have time. Second, we may not have the competence. It means we don't have the ability to process information. And in this event, if you have no time, if the complexity is high, then actually system one processing is superior. He said that if people don't have information, they look for any cues, and we have it as an evolutionary mechanism. If you don't know, imagine about 20, 30,000 years ago when you had to survive through, for example, looking for some vegetables or maybe fish where to find it, you looked for any cues that could indicate that it is a good place to, let's say, try to catch a fish. And we try to find some cues and each cue that we found would be interpreted as part of information. Everything has been interpreted by our brain as a necessary element that leads us to the main conclusion. And by the way, we survived, so it means that system one thinking helped us a lot. And he published in his paper in 1991 the criticism of the approach by Karman Tversky and their followers, and he took the Linda problem that you know from our previous episode, but he re reformulated the problem. And instead of having Linda, he wrote, there, there are 100 persons who fit the description above, for example, Linda's. How many of them are bank tellers, and how many of them are bank tellers and active in feminist movement? And all of a sudden, this bias disappeared. Just because, first of all, he triggered the thinking not about Linda, upon specific person that we're all familiar with, thinking about somebody, and he triggered thinking about number of people and a kind of statistical way of thinking about the situation. So there are 100 people, how do you think how many of them are more or less the, or how many of them are bank tellers and how many of them are bank tellers and active in feminist movement? And all of a sudden, this bias disappeared. So he showed that actually the way of triggering it, talking about a specific person, made people look for additional cues. And as the problem was complex, because they didn't know it is about the statistics, and as the, the, the uncertainty was high, they didn't know it, they had to look for additional cues. And they found the cues in the text that Linda was into social justice affairs and she tried to do this in her youth. 
if we talk about 100 people and you think how many of them, then all of a sudden you start thinking about the average person and you start thinking in what Kahneman and Tversky would actually have found if they did it, if they did it with these 100 people. And he also showed that many other things work by the same mechanism. And he said that we have different heuristics that are born, or we are born with them, and they are absolutely necessary to survive. So the one of them I told you, for example, it's not a heuristic, it's just a way of information processing if you brush your teeth. Imagine that you had to think every day about how you hold your brush and how you are moving your hands and what is the effect. It completely overload you, informational overload, overload you. That is why we need this mechanism to make our life a bit easier and to think about other things. By the way, if you brush your teeth or while you're brushing your teeth, you can think about very complex problems without having impact on the quality of your teeth brushing. And the same applies, for example, for car driving. I used this example in our first episode in this mini-series. Imagine that you had to feel the same way you felt when you learned driving a car the level of stress, the level of emotional and cognitive load would be huge. And it is not how we would like to drive the car and how we would like to go to work or to go to whatever you want to go to. So this mechanism, this automaticity is an absolutely necessary mechanism and there are plenty of heuristics that actually help us make very good decisions. And in one of his videos, that I think was a TEDx video, Gigerenza gave an example that if we had to analytically process the information on the share prices, we would need another 200 years in order to analyze all the information and make a good decision. It means not 200 years to analyze, 200 years of experience with shares. What he says that people make a different decision when they buy stocks, for example, they buy the equal amount of different stocks. Is it a good decision? Maybe it is not the best decision, but it is sufficiently good in order to not to lose money. You may not become rich, but you will not lose too much. And that is why in many conditions, the system one thinking, the heuristic way of information processing is superior. And actually, he speaks only about two conditions. The first one is the high level of uncertainty, and the second one is the higher level of complexity. By the complexity, you understand that you are not able to process information. For example, on shares, if you are not a professional share trader and you don't know the theories in the field of economics and the other theories that might relate, like business ecology, to share prices, then you will not be able to analyze the information very, very good. In the event of uncertainty, it means that we don't know the probability. Uh, the, the, the uncertainty, the difference between the uncertainty and risk is that in the event of risk, we know the probability of occurrence of an event and we know the impact of an event. So we know, for example, the probability of a car accident. We just take the frequency, the number of car accidents the last year, and then we can estimate what is the probability is nothing but frequency, just projected into future. What is the probability that an, the new car accident will happen this day? And we can calculate it. I don't know, let's say 5%. And we know the impact. If there are car accidents, we have the history, we can analyze this history, and we can decide, for example, that the car accident leads to one casualty and maybe, I don't know, 2,000 euros of loss. It means that on average, we can calculate it. If we can calculate it, then system two is superior. But often, we don't have 
this opportunity. We don't have this information that we need and we have to make a different decision and in this event following one of the heuristics is an absolutely superior way. The types of heuristics or the different heuristics we are going to discuss in the next episode. I hope it was interesting and helpful. Make your decisions wisely and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.